0: Think I'm on now? Okay. Uh, always makes me a little nervous, flipping one of those switches with a red light on it. Before I begin, there's a couple of things that uh, I'd like to have you remember and remember in prayer with me as I begin. One of them is that this month had been declared as Veterans Day, Military Day, and this coming uh, Thanksgiving there will be a lot of those who are away from their family that uh, for some will be the first time but always it's rough being away from your family on those holidays that we keep so please keep that in mind also a little background because we might have some visitors here this morning I'm not the regular guy okay <laughs> so if there's something here you don't like why come back next week and it'll be just fine I'm sure <laughs> But I have the privilege of not knowing everyone here very well, and uh, regardless of how well we think we know people at times, sometimes there's inner battles that we are facing that God's word will answer. I have found that the greatest battles that it seems like that we fight are not the ones on the outside, but the ones on the inside, at least it is for me. I don't know how it is for you. I see, and, and the scripture that was read this morning, which I will talk about, and you know it isn't even Easter. It isn't even resurrection time. In fact, where we leave off on that scripture is just with Pilate washing his hands. We didn't even get to the resurrection. But we're going to talk about decisions this morning. Pilate said, what shall I do with this man called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. Now, mankind have made a lot of choices throughout life, made a lot of jokes out of it. I tell people that when Linda and I got married, I stood up boldly and said, Linda, from now on I'll make all the major decisions. And you can make all the minor ones. And you know, so far, I haven't had to make any. (laughs) Maybe some of you men can relate to that. Before I begin this morning, would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we look at your word in all seriousness, we realize that no one can see in our heart except you. Might our hearts be open to you this morning, that we open to you in a way that lets your spirit come in, guide us, and direct us to be where you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Choice is one of the things when we make decisions, choice is the thing that makes us differ, I think, from the animals. Now, people who have real pet dogs and cats and stuff might argue with me about that, and And that's fine, and I understand that, but we are different than the animals in that way. We have choice. We can choose to follow God. We can choose to reject Him. Animals can't do that. If you've ever noticed, every fall, the geese always go south. They don't have a choice in that. It doesn't seem like. God has given that to them, and they're able to obey that way. If we could talk to the animals, I mean like people talk about talking to the animals, they'd probably not have any, any question about that there is a God. In fact, did you know it's less than 200 years ago that there never was a question about is there a God or not? It's always been which one is it, but not that there isn't one. And we in all of our ignorant wisdom have come up with the idea that, well, maybe there isn't one. And let me tell you, he's just as true today as he will be throughout eternity. We must all make decisions as we journey down life's pathway. And the greatest decision is the same one that Pilate made. He went and washed his hands as if that was going to make a big difference. And, oh, I wish we could wash our hands of different situations. Wouldn't that be great? But he had to make that decision. What will he do with this man called Jesus? And that's the same question and decision that each one of us has to answer in our lifetime. And there are only three possible answers that I can see. Maybe there's more, but I've only found three. And all three were given at this point and at this passage in this chapter. The first one was given by Pilate. You can be indifferent. You can be indifferent. That's what we call middle of the road. That's fence-sitting. That's undecided. That's refusing to make a decision. And wouldn't that be great to be able to be there? But you know, most of the people in the world are in that predicament. For either they've decided not to decide, or they just don't have the information to make a decision. I think about... calling it the middle of the road. You know, in the middle of the road in some states, and even in this one, and a lot of portions of it, there's two yellow lines. Yellow isn't really a color that you'd want to put with a person's character. Also, in the middle of the road, we find other things like dead skunks and armadillos. <laughs> uh, depends on where you want to keep company, I guess. But you can be Indifferent. You can be indifferent in the middle of the road. You can be a a setting on the fence. Jesus said in Revelation, or it said in Revelation, John said it, I'd rather you were hot or cold or I'd spit you out of my mouth. And he said it to one of the churches. Indifference is the answer that Pilate had tried to give. I remember the Pilate had said, I choose not to choose. I remember working on construction when I was in Wyoming. We was out at the power plant. We was in a JLG. Some of you know what that is. You, you get in this bucket, you know, and you strap yourself in. You tie yourself in so when the whole thing falls out, you don't fall away from it, you know, so you don't get hurt, you know. So we're up in the air about 50 feet in the air. And this fellow I worked with for, for several days. We kind of work in, in, in pairs and they paired me with him and we were working on this cooling tower. And we was way up in the air. And uh, give you a little background of this guy, he had, he had shared with me earlier, he said, me and my buddy had decided a couple years ago that we're going to get drunk every single night of the year. I said, how'd that work out for you? He said, I made it till about June and got in a real bad bar fight. He said, I don't remember anything of it. I w- woke up better than a week later in the hospital. He said, I don't remember any of that stuff. In fact, there's a lot of stuff and things anymore that I can't really think of too well, you can imagine. And he asked me this question, why in the blank would you want to be a preacher? You know, this is a question preachers just love. <laughs> and you want you to get this setting, we're up in the air 50 feet, we're in this thing that he can't get out, not only that, we're tied to it, and he can't even jump. And he asked me that question. He might as well have said, sick him. <laughs> and I shared with him something like this. I said, the reason is because I think God is real. I believe Jesus Christ died for each one of us. I believe hell is real. I believe that he gave each one of us a choice, and there's no other choice. Either we're going to go to heaven, if we believe him and choose him, or we're going to go to hell for eternity. And he said, so... You think I'm going to hell? Now, what would you say? I found that people will back off from that a lot. Well, I really wouldn't want to say. Well, I don't know. That's not up to me. This is what I said. I said, according to God's word and what I believe, there's no other choice. Either you're going one way or the other. And just like that, his demeanor changed almost to where he was crying, and he said, but I don't want to be that way. I said, then you have a choice. You can change. I met another man who was a foreman of a 30,000-acre, he wasn't the boss of it, but he was a foreman of a 30,000-acre ranch there in Montana. Now, to get an idea how big 30,000 is, if you take a square mile and put 50 of them together, that's about 30,000 acres. So it was a big place. His name was Larry, and Larry was indecisive because he didn't know. And when I showed him, are you all familiar with the Jewel Miller film strips? You ever hear them? Okay. I used to use them a lot. They were great. And, uh, in fact, I even talked to Jewel Miller one time. And, uh, anyway, that's kind of off the subject, but it's kind of interesting. I showed him and his wife those film strips, and when it come to the time of his side, I said, well, where does that put you? And he said, okay, I want to follow the Lord. I'll be baptized. And then he said this. He said, I never questioned that there was a God. I just never knew there was anything he wanted me to do. And if that's what he wants me to do, then I'll do it. Because he came from a background all his life that in the morning he'd walk up to the big house. He'd walk up to the ranch house and he'd talk to the boss and the, former, or the boss would tell him what he wanted him to do that day and then he'd go back and report again that night of what he'd done and how much he got done or what problems he might have had. Whatever he wants me to do, that's what I'll do. And I thought, that's a great answer. Why Pilate brought the answer that he did, I don't know. Maybe it was because of his subjects. And I think some people are afraid, just like Pilate might have been. Well, what will the people that look up to me think? I have a great responsibility. What will they think of me? Whenever you make a decision, you always put yourself perhaps in a position like that. And it's not always taken so seriously. I remember way back in the days of President Carter, and he said something that, that uh, I thought was kind of interesting. On one occasion, he made it clear that if those who were working with him and around him, he says, if you're, if you're living together, he says, I think you ought to get married. And there was a lot of laughter. And then he made it known, he said, I wasn't making a joke. All of a sudden, I think, well... Well, Mr. President, we, we didn't understand what you were saying. You know. But whenever you decide to make a decision or a choice, it's not always popular. And there's going to be people that maybe ridicule you in and, and all kinds of things, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it. The most terrible sin of any community or any country is the sin that Pilate had, the one of indifference, of not choising, choosing. And most people are interested if they know. I remember a fellow by the name of Martin. Very few times anybody tells me, I don't want anything. I don't need God. I don't want it. Martin was one who told me, I'm not interested. But there's the next choice. It's not a whole lot different. The next choice is one to reject. It's the answer that the mob gave. They said, give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. They were very anxious to do something different. When I read this passage of scripture, it says there, and they all begin to cry, give us Barabbas. Had I been there, had you been there, would we have been the all? I think we probably would. I think we probably would. They said, "Give us Barabbas," and you know that was a mob violence thing. And mobs seldom know what all the facts are. We used to live Kitty Corner when I was in, at uh, parsonage at, at, at uh, Fort Benton, Montana, where we lived. And just Kitty Corner across the block was a, a girl there. I used to sing that song to her. I'm an old hippie, you know. Remember that song? Because she was a hippie. She come out of California, and and she had all the all the regalia and all of the, the ideas and everything else. And she said one time, she said, whenever they had a, a riot down there in the, in the Watts or someplace else, they had one. She said, we'd always go down there. And say, I don't have no idea what they were talking about. Didn't have any idea what the riot was about. She said, it was just fun to go and do. And I thought, that's kind of a mob violence, it seems like. And sometimes it wouldn't hurt to get the facts to see what was going on. And I think a lot of times who reject people who reject Jesus or the plan of God, they just don't have all the facts. I can't help but think of it and there's never a time that I present the gospel to people and they reject or they don't make that decision and I think, how could I have done better? How could I have said something different? And let me give you a warning, people. Whatever, whenever you, Wherever you are in your walk with Christ, this is a warning. If you ever pray the prayer, Lord, give me a passion for souls, he'll do it. He'll do it. And from that point on, you'll never be able to watch a crowd at a football game without saying, I wonder how many of these people are saved. You won't be able to go to, to anything where there's a group of people or a parade or anything else when people are celebrating to wonder would well, they get that excited about the things of Jesus. People make all kinds of choices. A person ought to know a few of the facts sometimes. Accepting or rejecting It's kind of a a humorous thing that, that I read, I don't know whether this is true or not. A fellow got a job on an assembly line, and he was quality control. And the guy said, Well, I'm kind of hurry, I don't have time to explain everything to you, but he says, Just keep this in mind, nine out of ten of these parts that go by you are okay, but one out of ten is a reject. And he left. And that's all the information he had, so he'd go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, reject. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, reject. Come back the next day, and the guy said, wait a minute. He said, 9% of those that you said were rejects are okay, and 9% of them that you said are okay are rejects. So after that, you know what he did? He meant half of them rejects, and half of them okay. <laughs> and some of them, he just gave them two stamps. He should have known the facts a little bit better. The statistics maybe would have worked out a little better for him had he understood the facts a little better. Jesus said, most will not choose the right way. It gives us an illustration where it says, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way, and straight is the way, difficult is the way that leads to him, and few there be that find it. It's sad to be that few there are that even search for it. The answer is yet given. Men reject by sin and indifference and procrastination. And if this is your answer, you're rejecting the best friend you could ever have, the best companion you could ever have, and you're rejecting your own salvation for an eternity. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says that there is no salvation in any other name whereby we must be saved. Also, a person who rejects is inviting judgment. In John 12, 48, says, He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has a judge. The word that I, I have spoken will be his judge. And then there's the last choice, the one that's the funnest to preach about, the one that has the greatest promise. The one in which I hope each one of us here have based our life and our hope and our expectation on. It's the answer of a few. And in this chapter that we talked about in Matthew in verses 54 and 55, it talks about a few of those. A, minor, a minority, but a magnificent minority. Do you realize that Jesus started out with 12 people, one of them rejected, he was replaced, and with those 12 people, they begin to change the whole world. And praise God for that, because we're in that group. The answer of a few, men today find pardon and peace and purpose in giving that answer. What does the Lord require? Mark 16, 16 says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, another verse that we know pretty well. Repent, therefore, and turn again that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Romans ten nine. You can find these verses all through the Gospels. Because if you confess with your heart or with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead... You'll be saved. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall be saved and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus stood on trial. Pilate was indifferent. The mob had rejected him, but a few of them accepted. Where do you stand? There's a couple of poems that I think bear this out. At least they do to me. I've known them all my life. Jesus was standing. He's standing in trial still. You can be false to him, if you will. You can be faithful through good or ill. But what will you do with Jesus? And the other one is the one that I think hits home, at least to me, in my life, the best. Tomorrow... He promised his conscience. Tomorrow I mean to believe. Tomorrow I'll think as I ought to. Tomorrow my Savior receive. Tomorrow I'll conquer the habits that hold one from heaven away. But ever his conscience repeated one word and only one word. Today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Thus day after day it went on. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Till youth and his visions were gone. Till age and his passions had written the message of fate on his brow. Then forth come the shadows came death. With that pitiless syllable. Now. What will you do with Jesus? The call comes low and clear. The solemn words are sounding now on your listening ear. Immortal life's in the question. Enjoy through eternity. Then what will you do with Jesus? And what will your answer be? Because I don't know your situation, I wonder how can I get him across the importance of Jesus Christ in a person's life. What can I do to help you remember? Well, I, I thought of this. Now, leave it to a preacher to keep a, think of a stupid illustration, but this is mine, okay? I want you all to look at your shoes, Just look at your shoes. It won't cost you anything. You can look at your neighbors if you don't like the ones you're wearing. (laughs) Every morning you put those on. And every morning when you put those on, you can give thanks if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Give me the opportunity today to live for you. Give me the opportunity and help me to see the opportunities before me. And every night, you'll take those shoes off. And when you do, praise the Lord for the day that he's given you and the opportunities that you had that they were fulfilled through that day. For those who haven't believed in Jesus Christ, what could I say to stress the point that maybe Something would be strange enough or ridiculous enough or hit home enough that you would remember. Whenever I preach the word of God, I feel a little bit like Moses when he saw the burning bush. He went up on the mountain and the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. And he heard the words that said, Moses... Moses, take the shoes from off your feet, for the ground that you stand on is hollow ground. So let me do this. I'm just going to take my shoes off, and I'm going to stand here in my stocking feet, and I want to tell you that the decision that you make for Jesus Christ is the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, might your word be strong as it always is. Might your spirit work in our hearts and our minds to encourage us when we need encouragement, to change us when we need to change. Father, guide us in the ways that we need to from this place, in Jesus' name.
1: feel free to stand with us as we sing one more song or sit or however you feel most led to worship with us.
2: I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me, I, I see his world, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree, his body bound.
1: time we're going to say our prayer of confession and uh i don't know about y'all but this is uh this is one of my this is one of my favorite times of our worship because we have a hard time looking at each other and admitting that we are lost and that we're fallen and that we are broken we're not always lost we're not always fallen Sometimes we are. And uh, anyway, let's say our prayer of confession. I'll read the parts in white. We confess to each other and to you, our creator, that we fall short of being what we were created to be and what we have committed ourselves to be. Hear us, forgive us, and renew our resolve to build the kingdom of Christ. We often seek out the easiest paths, Paths of least involvement in places where we might be uncomfortable or paths of self centeredness. Hear us, forgive us, and renew our resolve to build the kingdom of righteousness. We confess that we have not loved you with all of our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Bring us out of darkness, Lord, and into the light of your love. Hear us, forgive us, and renew our resolve to build the kingdom of light. Forgive us for getting so caught up in the world's trappings and its false messages of hope that we lose sight of the hope of the kingdom, which brings healing and peace to a world in turmoil. Hear us, forgive us, and renew our resolve to build the kingdom of peace. May we resolve to be more kingdom-minded, to be peacemakers here and now. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we'll observe the Lord's Supper.